Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everyone. It is a fantastic Friday as we welcome you to the end of your work week. Hopefully, if you work this weekend, hey, at least you got some Pelicans games to keep an eye on on, you know, Friday and Sunday. We'll get into all of that and more and recap last night's beautiful win to get back into action after the NBA All-Star break. Joining us next segment will be Will Guillory of The Athletic to give us his thoughts. He also covers the Miami Heat for the athletic as well. So who better than a double agent to preview that game? And we'll also talk about what we saw last night and what we saw last night. Jim Eichenhofer of New Orleans Pelicans.com with some really good basketball by a couple of players, the team in general itself. So much to get into. You know what? Where do you want to start? I think we should start with Herb Jones's defense. There it is. I had to use the brand new. I like it. We got, I like like it. We got the sound effects right, kicking sure. in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, First play of the game, he was getting his hands on the ball. I feel like he was terrorizing Houston's offense. It was kind of like first five, six minutes in the first quarter, Houston was not safe making a pass anywhere in the court. It seemed like if they threw the ball into the stands, maybe Herb would still get his hands on Interesting. it. And he actually almost tracked down. There was one possession where he had, I don't, I'm not sure if it was steals or rebounds, but he had two straight plays where he out-hustled Houston for the ball. On the same possession, the ball kind of tr- trickles into the left corner, and he goes after it. Mm-hmm. Hustle play. Doesn't look like he has a great chance to get it, but goes after it anyways and almost gets the ball. Ball goes out of bounds. It's it's Rockets' ball, but everyone in the Smoothie King Center gave him a standing ovation because it was just that's the kind of effort that you just have to love. Think about that. Getting a standing ovation just for effort on a ball that didn't produce points or anything or a play that didn't produce points or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Just for you, just for you, since I know you spent your entire all-star break, you know, making an encyclopedia of the breakdown of the final 27 games <laughs> as we talked about in the pregame. Yeah. Just for you, I spent a whopping minute and a half to um, put together a start. Herb a start. Jones's greatest highlights from last night. Listen and enjoy. 
Shangoon, Valanchunas in the center circle. Shangoon wins the tip. Houston in the red statement edition uniforms moving left to right as you view it on your radio dial. And immediately Herb Jones with a deflection and a turnover for the Pelicans. C.J. McCollum drives all the way in, lays it in. Welcome back, Herbert K. Jones. Defense to offense is exactly what you want to see. Get it down low, and Herb knocks it away. Steals Zion. Bounce feed to Herb, going left side. Bodied up. Where's the foul? No. Lay in with a left hand. Yes. Shangun should have been called for another foul. Up the floor, Alvarado. Jose leaves it for Herb. He will drive. He will dunk over Jabari Smith Jr. with two hands and one Herbert K. Jones. And he will have a stare down on you. Looking right at Jabari Smith Jr., who he dunks all over. And there he throws it away, deflected and stolen. Finally, we get another turnover. Jones down the lane. Great pass from McCollum. Another dunk with two hands for Herb. Herb Jones is flying right now, whether it's defensively all over the court or up in the air and slamming it down. CJ. Feeling it. Another floater this time. It's blocked, but he got the deflection to Herb. Right corner three. Nothing but net. Herbert K. Jones. You have yourself a day. Long two for Herb, or is it a three? They give him a three. They'll look at it. I he don't hit. care. A bucket is a bucket right now. Nothing but net for Herb. If it counts for three, he's got seven. And Herb with another steal. His sixth up the floor. Trey, showtime dunk. And that will do it. Todd Graffinini and Aaron Summers with the calls there. And also, when you look at it, there was another thing that I stood that stood out to me. And again, look, Herb Jones, seven steals, 17 points, five rebounds, four assists. was just magnificent in, in kind of setting that tone, right? And I think you sort of needed that just to kind of understand it's time to flip that switch. And there was mm -hmm. two levels to that, not just the defensive, but there was another element to it, which we'll get into. And I know you want to bring up, but here's head coach Willie Green on the win on Herb and the overall team defense. Yes, Herb was fantastic tonight. Um, six steals, deflections, rebounding the ball. He, he fueled our team defensively and it allowed us to get out and, and, and transition. We had 29 fast break points, so... Um, really good effort um, from all of our guys defensively, holding this team to 43% from the field and 105 points, so solid by our, by our guys. By the way, they gave Herb another steal. He's got seven. Oh, uh, seven, and, okay. Yep, so the, he set a career high tonight. The other element Jim Eichenhofer is something that you can relate to very, very well. Apparently, when you walk down these hallways here, you're very intimidating, very <laughs> vocal. You will yell at people yes. to get working harder. Mm -hmm. You want things done a certain things way. Things get to done. They get done when they see me. They're, they they stop messing around. They get right on it. Yep. In all honesty, though, he was pretty vocal yesterday, talking a little smack, huh? Yeah, and that was a herb that we're not used to seeing. He had that one dunk over Jabari Smith Jr. He kind of told him about it afterwards, and I forgot for a second the the fact that that was an Alabama Auburn meeting because you know the fact that Herb that. did that and it was so unusual I immediately was like wait he must know Jabari Smith from somewhere because he wouldn't do that to just any random player mm -hmm. and then the guys next to me were like yeah he went to Auburn I'm like oh okay that makes total sense they must know each other from the SEC and then he Herb also got into it a little bit with Ime Udoka at one point and I 
this is a side note, but I, I was kind of wondering why are Houston coaches and their security guy was on the court one, at one point jawing with Jose Alvarado. I'm like, <laughs> why are you guys doing that? Like, what is the deal here? Why? But anyways, back to the point, um, Herb was just a different guy. And it's funny because I thought there was a feeling from the practices leading into the second half of the season after the all-star break that they were going to bring a different intensity. It seemed like the focus was really high and you don't always see that carry over to the game, but it just immediately seemed that way. And Herb was really the guy that set the tone on that front. But I felt like the entire team came to the, the floor with the mentality of, okay, we're 50 something games left in the season. It's time for the stretch run. It's time to get serious and lock in. And the crowd was the same way. It, It just felt like, especially in the first half compared to what we see in first halves of NBA games across the league, that everybody was just fired up. And, I mean, I don't know. If some of it was how well the Pelicans played in the first half. Some of it was the highlight reel that they put together. But, man, it just felt different last night, even compared to eight days ago, the last time the Pelicans were on the court. All right, so let's start there. And then we'll hear from some of the guys in the locker room, including Herb Jones himself, about that. But you, you just mentioned the energy, and you're right, and, and the crowd and everybody understanding. Here's C.J. McCollum on the team flipping the switch. I think this sense of urgency has to has to increase. Um, every game matters. We've been in a playing game a few times, so we understand how one game can kind of shift the season, literally. So, you know, being able to beat teams under 500, winning games at home is important. And even though we got five and seven, I feel like we should be able to compete at a high level and give ourselves a chance to win these games. Um, and that'll carry over as we get closer and closer to uh, finishing the regular season. And Jim, you were in the locker room, so to have Herb Jones talk about him being vocal was very interesting when you learn it was on purpose. Here's Herb. Somewhat, but at the same time, I uh, I just ch- tried to get back to, you know, the, the little kid uh, growing up in Greensboro. And I never played super quiet. You know, I'm always trying to hype my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what I'm just, you know, trying to get back to mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being comfortable out there. Uh, but you, you probably see a little bit more of it uh, just because I think, you know, a dude that don't normally talk or show emotion, you know, if he starts, it, it may trickle down and, you know, affect somebody else that doesn't necessarily feel like they can, uh, you know, show emotion or they might not feel comfortable, but if they see me do it, Knowing that I'm quiet, you know, they, they might play with a little bit more of an edge. Zion Williamson on Herb's night. That's who Herb is every day. Not in just the game, but in practice. He's really growing into who he's supposed to be and almost feels like there's no limit for Herb. And you just see him just getting better year by year, day by day. And it's, like I said before, I'm glad he's my teammate. And speaking of Zion, he brought that energy as well, didn't he, last night? Yeah, I mean, he had the one alley-oop that was, I think, one of the maybe top ten highlights of the season this year where he was ahead of the field, jumped through the roof and threw it down, and then he pumped his left fist to the crowd as the Rockets called timeout. So, yeah, he's he's been in, in that mode lately. I know he's been kind of scaling up. He was at 88% recently then said he was at 93%. I don't know, maybe he's at 95, 96 now. Uh, But that was, you know, one of his better performances of the season too. And, you know, one of the things I noted that I wrote about today in the game preview, he has three games of 30-plus points in February. He didn't do that last night. He had 27. He probably would have had 30 if they needed him at the end of the game, but they were up by 
too much that he, you know, was able to sit at the end. But he has three games of 30-plus in February. He had five total between November, December, January, and October also that they at the very beginning of the season. So he has almost as many 30-plus point games in February as he had combined before that in the mm. entire season. And keep in mind that February is a very abbreviated month, not just because it's only 29 days, but the All-Star break cuts it off. So You're right. he's got three 30-plus point games out of the last seven, and he had five before that in the first 40-something games that the team played. And, Jim, that's crazy you say that because he missed a couple of shots at the rim late, uh, some layups and stuff, and he finished with 27 points, mm -hmm. nine assists. They took away an assist. I thought he had 10 oh, assists I didn't there realize as well. He, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah there's a lot it, of chicanery going yeah, on with finished the finished with nine yeah. assists on that aspect mm -hmm. of it. 14 rebounds by Jonas Valanciunas, 20 points for him. But back to Zion, you know, again, that that energy that he and Herb Jones had, C.J. McCollum touched on it. If he don't make for a team defense, somebody need fired, man. He's great defensively, you know, gotten so much better on offense. A menace in transition, finishes well around the basket, shooting 40 from three. I mean, he does a little bit of everything for us, and um, I think you got to see some of that tonight. And as far as he goes, energy is something he says he, he wants to bring, and that's great to hear because it's something we talked about. Listen to what he had to say. I got to bring the energy. I can't wait for the energy to come to me. I got to I gotta bring it. So, you know, my teammates know how I am. So if I can do anything to get us going energy-wise, I'm going to do it. And we just talked about it on Wednesday, Jim, about the radio roundtable and what player needed to be the most important. He, he He's just a different player. He has the capability. You're not drafted number one overall in the NBA if you don't have a certain set of skills, like, you know, Leslie Nielsen likes to say. <laughs> but you know That's what right. I'm getting at? I mean, so <laughs> to see him maximize or even fulfill the potential that a lot of people feel it's going to be exciting to see but that's why i've said where this franchise goes is where he goes and that's not trying to put additional pressure just mm -hmm. is what it is it's like when you draft a quarterback in the nfl first overall you're called a franchise quarterback for a reason the franchise builds around you the franchise grows with you he is a franchise draft pick and to see him start accepting that look it, you can hear him talk about the energy you can hear him saying he's excited about the, you can see the excitement and the energy on the court jam i mean he looks happy and he's trying to do more and it's so much fun to see just a player grow before your eyes i guess is what i'm getting at it feels like it's kind of all coming together right now and i think this is one of the big reasons why the last 26 games are going to be so much fun for pelicans fans especially people that have been waiting for this for the opportunity to see zion play in, in important games. I mean, I feel like right now, as I referenced a couple minutes earlier, he's getting to the point where he's getting closer to 100%. Yeah. And he's also now in this mode where, you know, the season is really long. It can be kind of a slog, but we're down to where every game, the significance is very evident. There's only 26 games left, and this is his first opportunity to be able to compete and perform in this circumstance where the Pelicans are in a playoff race, mm -hmm. he's on the court, and he's able to show what he can do. So... Um, you add all those things together, and I feel like we're seeing what we saw against the Rockets last night and as well as what he's done throughout this month where he's been at that elite level of NBA player and pretty much unstoppable, and the Rockets are throwing multiple guys at him, and he's I don't think he's a guy that really talks a ton on the court, but 
I remember, I know at one point he was saying like, it looked like he was saying nobody out here can guard me. Nobody, this guy can't guard me. So Dylan Brooks that was, in particular. Yeah, I think yes. that might have been who he, yeah. he was saying. Look, and I said this in the post game as well, Jim. And um, it's one of those things where in the previous matchups against the Rockets, I don't know if you could have said that, right? I mean, the Pelicans looked like the better team yesterday. Sure. They, mm-hmm. they looked like the more physical team mm-hmm. as well. And I don't know if I could have said that in the other two, Matt, like, like Dylan and Shingun kind of imposed their will. From the get-go, Jonas Valanciunas owned Shangoon. When you look at Dylan Brooks and the stare down and all of that, he is very physical. He gives LeBron some fits, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson outmuscled him. Zion Williamson got to where he needed to do. Zion sure. Williamson was quicker than him to doing mm-hmm. that. And, and that's what I'm getting at is that's a good sign, an indication as to where this team was ready for that game last night because you know that's what they want to do. And Mayo Daka is getting into it with Herb Jones last mm-hmm. night. That's his job. He's trying to instill that, you know, I that that fight mentality in in that in that Rockets team and it was good to see from my standpoint aside from the statistics aside from the numbers aside from the win i was happy to see this team match the energy and physicality of a team that's that's part of their DNA. Does that make sense? Yeah, Because that's sure. what you're going to see in the postseason. Mm-hmm. They're going to bully Zion. They're going to try to get physical with B.I. They're going to try. I mean, that's what teams are going to do. It was nice. I know it's game one, post-All-Star break. But it was nice to see this team match that. Yeah, and in the fan duel keys of the game, the really the last two times the Pelicans have played Houston, I've mentioned some version of play the game the way that you want to play it, play it your way. And that's what they were able to do to the greatest extent in the game Thursday against Houston. The first two games were both teams barely scored over 100 points. It was slow paced. It was more like 90s physical basketball. Last night was so much more the Pelicans looking the way that they can when they're, you know, performing up to their potential. And I I mean, I don't think this is any bold statement. I, I think people across the league would agree that if the Pelicans play to their top potential and the Rockets play to their best Pelicans are going to win that game. So they just have more talent. They, you know, they've been together longer. Sure. They have a lot of different advantages. So you're right. That was one of the biggest things I wanted to see in the game last night was them just looking more like themselves and in the best version of the Pelicans. And they were able to do that. And that that's what made the experience last night so much fun. That is the FanDuel people letting me know that they appreciate you being able to throw in the FanDuel sponsorship there. Of course. We appreciate them. (laughs) They appreciate you for throwing that in there. They want to make sure that they give you that round of applause. Last night was big in that I I was talking a lot about it as well. That Again, we're very familiar with football around here. When you play a conference game, right? When the Saints play a Panthers, Bucks, Mm -hmm. Falcons game, a win is almost like two wins. Last night, the graph brought it up. We talked about it on Wednesday. When you play these division games or certain games on certain nights here in the final 27, when other teams in and around the standings are playing each other. Last night, you had the Mavericks playing the Suns. You had the Kings. You had the Warriors and Lakers playing one another. And if you win, you were going to get a game on one of those on those two teams that lost. Because sure. two teams are going to lose mm-hmm. out of the four that played. And last night, that did happen, Jim. Game ends, you win, Dallas beats Phoenix, you move move up to fifth going into tonight's action. Lakers and Warriors played. I was like, you know, as many games as you can get the Lakers, and I know you don't need to have any more reason than this to (laughs) get them lower than you. That's right. Go for it. Golden State, by them winning, 
and the Lakers winning, you added a half game and a game on that. Mm-hmm. So that that win last night was huge. And then you brought up something this morning. It was a division game. Why is that important? Yeah, I mean, this is very specific to New Orleans versus Dallas. And a lot of times we look at the divisions as irrelevant, and in a lot of ways they are. But because the Pelicans and the Mavericks finished 2-2 in their season series, the tiebreaker is going to be division record. Right now the Pelicans are 9-6 and with only one game left. They play the Spurs, so they have a chance to go up to 10-6. and Dallas is 8-5 and in the division. They still have three games left. So we'll see how they finish the season in their division games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the from that standpoint, in, in terms of the tiebreaker – Versus Dallas, if you lose last night, you're almost done as far as having a chance to maybe win that tiebreaker against Dallas. So, yeah, that was an, that was an important game, and it, and it doesn't come up often, but it came up last night where you needed to win that because it was in the Southwest division. And I'm glad you explained that because, again, the football folks, you, know, you think of division, you win a division, you win a division title. That It's not mm-hmm. how it works, but it's used in tiebreakers. So it still is important to win your games in a division. Mavericks 8-5, and five, Pelicans 9-6 and six going into action tonight. Um, let's quickly turn the page, and we'll get to Will Guillory here in a quick sec. But tonight, it's Miami. And... Look, they haven't had the kind of season that many people kind of thought this is a team that, you know, made a run to the finals last year. Right. Which scares me because Mm -hmm. they made that run to the finals because they flipped the switch after the All-Star break. Now, they didn't play last night. So tonight is their first game post-All-Star break. And it's also been a while since the Pels have beaten the Heat. Yes, uh, Mr. Todd Graffinini alerted me to this. I, I kind of knew that. this, but yeah. Yeah. I hadn't realized how drastic it was that the Miami has won six consecutive games against the Pelicans. So the Pelicans actually last beat them a few days before the pandemic happened. Their last win was March 6th of 2020. So you're talking, it's been three se- three full seasons where the Miami Heat have swept the Pelicans. So I guess they have a little payback coming to them. Another just random note, too, that I thought was kind of funny that I looked up because I was trying to think that game that I mentioned in 2020 was in New Orleans. So when was the last time that the Pelicans won in Miami? And it was actually December of 2017 with Mr. Ian Clark as the Pelicans leading scorer with 19 points in that game. So coming off the bench. So interesting fact. But I don't think people would if if it gave them a bunch of guesses and said when who is the Pelicans leading scorer the last time they won at Miami I don't know how many people would say Ian Clark but if you guess that you would be correct and it just kind of gives you a little indication of how long it's been since the Pelicans won in South Florida mm-hmm. um they have two games coming up over the rest of the season against Miami going to try to finally you know break through and end this six game losing streak against Miami I just googled him Melbourne United is where he's at right now. Mm, that's. I mean, it's still playing. That, it's good that he's still playing. Yeah, he's still I, playing. I, I wasn't sure if he still was playing well, or he not. But he's 32 and he's still playing in Melbourne yeah. United. Yeah. There Some of go. these overseas leagues, if you're American, you can play quite a while. You could play. You said he's 32. He could play till he's 42 probably in some of these leagues. Okay. So good for him. Okay. Good for him. But there you go. That's why we have you on the show. And this is why we have Will Guillory on from The Athletic because he's a double agent. He covers the Miami Heat. So who better to tell us about tonight's matchup than Mr. Will Guillory himself? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Jim, it's always a pleasure any single time we can out. Well, you see, you didn't he didn't go to a local high school, Will, because I was going to say anytime we can have more than one brother Martin graduate oh, on here, it's fantastic. Oh but he has no idea what we're talking about. Just to understand that we went to the best high school in the city. Would you agree, Will Guillory at The Athletic? Absolutely. There's no question about it. And I and I have no problem with calling Jim Eichenhofer an honorary crusader. He oh, he's one of us. He's he's an honorary Elysia fielder. So, so welcome to the squad, Jim. That's yeah. one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me or honor they've given to me. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that is very true. He's very down to earth, you know, just you know, very nice intelligent. and gentleman. Intelligent, yes. all quality, good looking. All qualities that Holy Cross graduates do not possess. So <laughs> I would I would say this. I, I know where that went to. Uh, for sure. Do you think he would have been a golden crusader? Because he's smart like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I, I don't qualify for that, but Jim will definitely make that list for yeah. sure. Four, four straight years of D's in mathematics got me out of that. <laughs> hey, we're going to get into a lot of different aspects of it. I, I'm going to he is going to go into detail. Mine's simple. Dude, how about that win last night? So many different things you can really get into for the Bells, huh? Yeah, for sure. And I think for one, I, I think it's just a good sign that we're not talking about, man, the Pelicans were short on energy last night. It took them a half to get it going. They they took a lead and they allowed the Rockets to get back into it. We weren't having any of those conversations conversations last night. They kind of jumped on the Rockets early. They stayed up. They let them cut it to like 13 there at the end. And then Herb Jones was like, all right, let me get like two more steals and a dunk and we could just go ahead and end this thing. So I think what you're seeing, what Willie Green has talked about the past few weeks is you're seeing this team mature a little bit and learning how to win games uh whenever I, I always try to get Willie Green to talk about hey do you guys want to focus on defense do y'all want to improve on offense and he always turns it back to me and says no we got to learn how to win and I think that's what you're seeing from this team is they're learning how to close games how to start games how to finish games and that's how you become a good team in this league not just having you know one specific identity you can stick to but being able to pull from wherever you need to to get a win. And I think that's a you know real sign of progress for this team. Well, you mentioned energy and Herb Jones, and I'm wondering, are you ready for the version of Herb Jones that just talks an ample amount of trash talk to the other teams that <laughs> dunks on people and then reminds them, I just dunked on you? Are you ready for the Herb Jones that gets into little – verbal scuffles with the opposing head coaches. I, you were in the locker room last night and, and, and heard him talk about, you know, what he's planning to do. I mean, are, are you ready for this herb? 
No, the funniest part about all of it is I, I after the mics went off, I kind of joked with him. I was like, yeah, we got a little bit of Alabama-Auburn beef yesterday with you dunking on Jabari Smith and, and yeah. talking in his face. And he was like, oh, wait, I didn't, didn't even think about that. <laughs> that was a little Alabama versus Auburn. He was like, I should have told him roll, roll tide after I dunked <laughs> on him. Oh, but now that we were talking about this after the game, you just see – we just see Herb's maturity and just him being just more comfortable in his skin on the court. I think is a big thing with him uh, just kind of being more of a vocal presence. We've heard that his teammates talk about how them wanting to see him just be more of a, a voice on the defensive end and directing guys where they need to be. Uh, but you see Herb just becoming a leader on this team. And I think that's a huge thing for them because we know how much they need that leadership, especially from the young guys. And I think just seeing him progress and grow, and we know how great he is on defense with to have 17 points last night, splashed a couple three-pointers. You just see this guy just keep getting better and better, and it's something me and Jim have talked about so much since he entered the league. This isn't a surprise to us because we see this dude put in the work. You never have to question if Herb Jones is committed to the job, if he's willing to do what it takes to improve his game. And you just see over the years all the work he's put in coming to fruition. So, yeah, I mean, that guy is a – incredible basketball player last night was one of the best games i've seen him play and the scary thing is he's just going to keep getting better yeah and to will's point beginning of the season willie green and other players said this this guy is the leader and they wanted him to be more of a leader and players were saying will he he is the leader and he's they wanted him to do that and that's why it was interesting to hear in the locker room last night was on purpose he meant to do it i loved the end there where he talks about hey Maybe if somebody like me gets up there and shows that energy is vocal, it'll maybe fuel other guys on our team to do that. That absolutely is a team captain. That That is a leader on a team that is doing things that maybe ain't, you know, things that we, we, we kind of say he's that guy, but he's doing it on purpose for the betterment of a team that's understanding far more than what your game is, man. I, and so now it's almost come full circle. I remembered you know, week one, me, Willie Green going, no, he's one of our leaders on our team. Like, he's the guy that we we look to, and, and we're like, what? What are you talking about? And here we are in February, and we and we see that when he says that. Yeah, no question. And I think the big thing uh, for uh, guys like Herb who don't talk as much is you got to see that in yourself more than, more than other people see it in you, right? I think Willie Green can say it till he's blue in the face, but it's about Herb kind of understanding that role and wanting to take on that role. And I think you've seen that from him this season, wanting to be more vocal, wanting to push his guys, seeing moments in games where he's saying, okay, I got to apply myself. I got to make an impact play. And I think, you know, I mentioned it earlier where Houston started to cut into the lead. You saw Willie Green starting to stump up and down the sidelines a little bit, getting upset with his guys. And then Herb yeah. Jones just snatched up two steals real quick and the game was over. I mean, that's what great players do in this league. That's what leaders do in this league is, is knowing when it's their time to step in and make an impact. And I think, just like I said, he's such a great basketball player, and I think he's one of the best defensive players in this league. And what I love is that he's not just settled with that. He's adding to his game. He's finding more ways to get better. And I think that's a different type of leadership. That's leadership that guys can follow as well, is seeing his commitment to the game, how seriously he takes it. And I think everybody follows that lead as well. You know, by the way, Will, I don't think this happened on your end of the Zoom, but on our end, we had like a two-second portion where your your voice cut out and i think it was just because the zoom malfunctioned when there was discussion about herb jones trash talking that's right so i think that i'll i'll chalk that up to that it was very brief it froze on our end and i was like uh oh yeah they can't handle the the herb talking junk to the opposing team 
Um, just for the Pelicans overall, one of the things I was wondering about from your perspective is, so over these last 26 games, I know it's going to be a lot about positioning and record in, in the West and the standings and the seedings. What do you think are some of the things or maybe one thing or two that you you need to see to, from the Pelicans to be able to say that they're going to uh, be a team that not just makes the playoffs and not just is a top six team, but also is somebody that is dangerous beyond maybe the super intense hoop heads who who say, you know, like, look out for the Pelicans. What what do you think they need to show in these last couple months of the regular season to go into the playoffs and say that they could be somebody that could not just get there but also advance? Well, first and foremost, this is a conversation we constantly have around this team, and we haven't had it as much this season, but you got to be healthy. You got to bring your guys into the playoffs healthy and ready to go. Uh, it's something we luckily haven't had to talk about as much this season, but it's still something that's relevant for this team. Every time they step on the floor, you got to keep Zion, B.I.N., C.J. healthy. If those three guys are there, this team has a chance. So that's first and foremost. And I think second, it, it, it's something that, man, just – one of the things that just has confused me about this team, maybe more than any team I've covered before, is just the inconsistency from night to night, which you're going to see from this group has just been crazy. I mean, on certain nights, they'll make 25 threes. On other nights, they'll take 17 threes. On certain nights, they'll they'll come out and, and, and B.I. will have 30 and 12 assists. The next night, he'll have 14 points. I just think them kind of figuring out who they are and establishing an identity and saying, okay, we're showing up to the gym, and this is who we're going to be. These are the guys who we're going to focus our offense around. Right. I think it's something that that's what great teams at the top. You see the, the Nuggets; they know exactly who they are when a big game comes. You, you see teams like the 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 Boston Celtics. You see teams like you know even like the L.A. Clippers. Even with the James Harden addition, they know who they are. They know what it takes for them to win games. And if they're down by four with two minutes left, they know exactly what sets they're going to run and how they're going to get stops. And with this Pelicans team. As good as they are, as many weapons as they have, I still don't think they really know that about themselves yet. And when they get in an adverse situation on the road, you got to score the next three possessions to keep yourself in this game. Who are they going to go to? What kind of sets are they going to run? I think it's still a, a question they need to answer. And I think to be at this point in the season, 12 games over 500, and you still don't really know who you are, I think mm -hmm. that's a, a pretty good thing to, to be in when you still have so much room to grow. But I think once you get to the playoffs and you start playing against these veteran teams, you got to understand uh, what you need to do to, to win these games and, and, you know, be able to respond in tough moments. And I think they still aren't quite there yet. I think they're starting to get there with the, the, the greater emphasis on point Zion, uh, but they still got the, some work to do on that front. And I think once they get there, you really see this team take off. We talked about this a lot on Wednesday's show where we had a radio roundtable and we discussed the stretch run in the final portion of the regular season um, beyond the obvious of, you know, it seems like it's pretty evident that a, a number one goal or near the top of the list is to finish in the top six and have a guaranteed playoff spot, not be in the play in. That was something that they talked about a lot at practice um, on Wednesday. From your perspective, how important, you know, besides maybe the seating of, you know, five or six or wherever you finish, how much are you looking at the matchups in, in terms of, you know, do you see some good matchups, some bad matchups as far as some of the teams that the Pelicans could potentially play among the teams that are in the top four right now? Yeah, I think it's it's still early for them to start thinking about that just because that top four is so jumbled, <laughs> uh, whether it be the Nuggets, OKC, Minnesota, 
and uh, the Clippers. I think that those four teams are going to be trading places throughout. But I do think once we get down to the last, you know, couple of weeks of the season, there's going to be a lot of jockeying between everybody yeah. trying to figure out who they're going to play in the first round. Who would you rather see? Uh, I think just based on what we've seen the past couple of years, for one, uh, you know, I know they would not like to see Nikola Jokic in the first round of a playoff series because mm-hmm. uh, that guy, we were talking about how good Herb Jones is. Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player in the world. Uh, so, yeah, you don't want to play that guy in a playoff series, defending champs, because I know uh, he's not really into losing in the first round of the playoffs. So that'll be a really tough matchup for them. Uh, but I do think those other three teams, the Clippers, the the Thunder, and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think those are all pretty decent matchups for the Pels, and I think we've mm-hmm. seen them excel against all three of those teams. I think the Clippers will probably be the worst out of those three as far as matchups go just because that Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden is so tough to match up with those three guys and figure out who you put Herb on, uh, where do you put Zion Williamson on defense. So I think uh, that'll be something we talk about toward the end of the season. But I think number one, first and foremost, I think they do not want to see Denver in the first round. We've seen Jokic have some incredible nights against this team. I think Jonas Valanciunas puts up a decent fight against Jokic. Uh, but that guy is just impossible, man. And I think dodging them would be a win. And I think anybody else you get in that top four, I would give the Pels a pretty good chance. Yeah, I mean, Jokic has won two MVPs, obviously. So his performance in the regular season is incredible. But I feel like sometimes people overlook or don't necessarily notice, too, that he seems to always take his playoff production to even higher uh, form. So you're you're right. I mean, he's somebody that... I mean, based on last year and based on the last couple of years, even when he's had kind of shorthanded Nuggets teams, he's just, you know, a beast in the playoffs. So, you know what, last thing for me, I wanted to ask, you know, obviously one of the main reasons why we picked you as the guest today and wanted you on was because you, as I have referred to you before in text messages, America's foremost Pelican slash heat expert. Yes. So I wanted to ask you about Miami. I guess I could just ask you, you know, based on you covering them this year and even going back to last year's playoff run where they got to the NBA finals and you've been able to see them a lot. um, How concerned do you think right now the rest of the East should be about Miami repeating what they did last year where they had a pretty shaky so-so regular season, got in as a play-in team, was an eight seed, which coincidentally they're in eighth place right now as as we speak. How how much should the rest of the East be worried about them just, you know, repeating what they did last spring? I mean, there's no question. This isn't exactly their original thought, but I think anytime Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Spo are in the playoffs, you got to be concerned about those guys. Because uh, we talked about the Pels trying to figure out their identity and who they can be in big moments. The Heat know exactly who they are, who they want to be, and how to execute when they get to big games. They're not stepping into any arena and fearing any of those teams at the top of the East. Uh, it doesn't matter who their matchup is, where they got to go what they got to do, they feel very confident in in what they can do in the playoffs. So, yeah, of course, you know, it's going to be tough for them going in as an eight seed, probably having to fight their way through the playing again. But, man, that team is so experienced. Spo is, uh, my belief, the best coach in the NBA. Jimmy Butler raises his game to a different level in the postseason. So, yeah, they're going to be dangerous no matter what. But it's a topic we brought up earlier. A big issue for them is health. Going into this game uh, tonight, they're going to be without Terry Rozier, who's got a knee injury, mm-hmm. without Josh Richardson, who's separated his shoulder right before the All-Star break. 
Tyler Hero is questionable mm. with the foot injury. Uh, so the a big thing for them is getting their guys on the court. And they were able to add the line right as a as a buyout guy who I think can help. He's a you know professional guard, been around a long time. Uh, so I think that can help. But they got to get healthy bodies on the court. That's a big question for the Heat and being able to compete uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But, yeah, I think – uh, they'll start to figure some things out. We know if anybody knows what it takes to to make that sprint right into the playoffs, that the Heat know how to do it. And like I said, if the, as long as they got Jimmy Bam and Spo, they're going to be dangerous because those guys know what it takes to win. Speaking of Bam, my only thing is right after I think the All Star break was a Damian Lillard that said the perfect five and Bam Adebayo who was on there as well. Man, he's one of those guys that is a difference maker. How do you see that matchup tonight? And, and and how do you match up with this team if you're the Pels? Yeah, I think Bam is is a very you know tough matchup for for uh, Jonas Valanciunas just because his ability to step out and hit those eighteen footers. They use him a lot as the top of the key as a distributor. You'll see him get four or five assists in a lot of these games. He plays that two man game with Duncan Robinson running those dribble handoffs. So I think they're going to really force the Pelicans to kind of stretch their defense out the, to the perimeter. I think this is a game you could probably see them leaning on Larry Nance a little bit more just because his ability to move his feet, switch in certain situations. Uh, and, you know, Bam is just so active on the offensive glass as well. Uh, that's going to be something that the Pels have to focus on. Uh, but yeah, I think for, like we've talked about, I think Bam is a guy in particular who's going to say, okay, now's the time we've got to lock. In. So I, I can see Bam coming out being really aggressive in this game, trying to set the tone for his team and send the message that we're getting into playoff mode now. Uh, so I think that's going to be a primary focus for the Pels is to kind of limit his looks, force him to be more of a jump shooter, not allow him to become that, that guy who's making those backdoor passes, getting those dribble handoffs with Duncan Robinson. I think the more you limit him, the more pressure you put on Jimmy Butler. And we know Jimmy, he kind of wants to put it on cruise control during the regular season. Mm -hmm. So the more you force him to be aggressive, the more you kind of take everybody else out of their comfort zone. So I think uh, that's going to be a big focus for the Pels tonight is limiting Bam's production, keeping him off the offensive glass and forcing some of those other guys to beat you. It'll be an interesting test. Jim was saying it's been like pre-COVID since they beat the Heat. You got to go all the way to 2017 since they won in Miami. This is one of those things you, I think on a Friday night, the blender should be popping. I think we're what? We're blacking out or something of that nature. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Pels are doing their Skeleton little black night. night. Yep. Skeleton night. I just, night. I think, right, Will? I mean, this would be a bit, this would be a, a key win, I think, for this team in the mental capacity as well, too, right? Because we talked about it going into the final 27, beating Phoenix, the Clippers, though. When you see teams like that, when you had the Lakers on the 31st, like, I think there's a lot that goes into your growth as a team and checking off some boxes. It's a team that's had you. It's a team that's good. It's a team that went to the finals. Like you, you got to show you can do this. And it's a back-to-back. -back. You can get this win tonight. I think it does show you that you are growing as a basketball team. I'm not putting too much on it. No, for sure. And I think, they're, this is the beginning of a really tough stretch for them as well. Just just the way the schedule played out coming out of the All-Star break. I think what they got five games and seven nights, something like that. Yeah. They got a roll back to back where they go to the Knicks and then the next night they play in Indy. So stacking up some of these games earlier takes some of the pressure off of you when those other backs to backs come out later in this in this stretch, right? Where it, you're not looking at it like, man, we got to win a game or we're going to be facing three losses in a row or something like that, right? I think stacking mm -hmm. some of these wins up early gives you confidence. And I thought, 
you know, it was unfortunate last night. I thought it would have been good for them to maybe sit Zion in the fourth quarter, maybe get a build up an early lead where you can sit some of these guys late in the game because they have such a tough stretch coming up. You know, they're going to have to stretch their minutes out a little bit. But yeah, and, I, and like I said, I think you're catching Miami at a good time with some of their injuries as well. You got to take advantage of that. So yeah, I think you're exactly right that when these opportune moments come up, when you're able to establish your home court advantage, you got a Friday night, the crowd's going to be live. You want to really win those games and get the home home fan base behind you because I think that's going to be really important for this team as they make that playoff push to establish that they have a real home court advantage here in New Orleans. I think we saw that a lot last year, you know, down the stretch, and it hasn't been as strong this year. They've been a little bit better on the road, not as good as home, and I think they want to establish that when you come to the Smoothie King Center, it's going to be as loud as it was last night because, man, after that Zion alley-oop where he was screaming at the crowd, I think that might have been the loudest it's been all season. Mm -hmm. That crowd yeah. was incredible last night, and Zion talked about how much that affected their play. When they had those three dunks in a row, the mm -hmm. crowd really got into it and lifted them up, and we know – the crowd in New Orleans is capable of that. Capable of that. They just got to give them something to cheer about. Yeah. You said the key word there, dunk. My goodness, if you had any idea how many times I yell in the studio to please dunk the basketball this team, <laughs> and it was great to see that. Will Guillory at The Athletic covers the heat and more importantly, your New Orleans Pelicans. As always, man, appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you guys. All right, our thanks to Will Guillory, The Athletic. Always fun to have him along, the double agent. Um, So... It is Friday, and now you've added something else to your trending numbers on a Friday. I, I love this. You just give me all kinds of info and stuff. What do we got here today? Just, I just keep adding different segments, different things we can talk about. I figured now that we're in crunch time of the regular season that on Fridays I will have a thing called the Weekend Showdown, and this is the game that I pick that's the most relevant to the Pelicans that happens on the weekend in terms of the playoff race in the West not involving the Pelicans playing in that game. And for this weekend, I think the game that people should keep their eye on the most is Sunday afternoon, 2.30. The Lakers play the Suns in Phoenix. That's an ABC game. So as you're getting ready for Sunday's Pelicans game against the Bulls, you know, maybe keep a little eye on the Lakers versus the Suns. Right now, the Pelicans are four and a half games out of or ahead of the Lakers, and the Lakers are in ninth place. And as I've started to try to make this more popular phrase, that means they're four and a half games ahead of the play-in danger zone. Yeah, so Ooh, there's I like that. that. The playoff danger play zone. In, yeah, play-in play danger, danger zone. zone. Like and that. then the Suns are one game behind the Pelicans, so no matter how things go between now and Sunday afternoon, that game is going to be a very important one. So now the trending number for this week, for Friday, is this is very relevant to the Pelicans because – their next nine games are all against Eastern Conference teams, which is very unusual that you would see that in the schedule, that you're playing nine games in a row against the opposite conference. So the trending number is 12, and that is 12 of the 15 Western Conference teams have winning records against the East. So that is that kind of gives you a good picture and indication of how much better the West has been than the East right now. And among those 12 teams, even Portland has a winning record against the East and specifically, this is incredible to think about. They're nine and eight against the East. They're six and thirty-one against the West. So as it relates to the Pelicans, wow, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. <laughs> so of the top eleven teams in the Western Conference, every single one has a winning record in games against the East. So as you as we look forward to these next three weeks or so, where the Pelicans are playing these nine consecutive yeah. games against the East, that's something to think about. That. 
a lot of the other teams in the in the West, especially the teams in the top four, almost all of them have ex- extremely good records against the East, and that's a reason why they've been able to elevate themselves above everyone else. Pelicans also have a very good record. They're 10-4 and four against the East, but they haven't played as many games as everyone else. So now they're finally going to get to get a chance to have the schedule flip towards playing teams over there on the other side of the league. And can they take advantage of that the way that some of these other teams have? But 12 teams out of 15 in the West have a winning record against the East. So pretty much everyone except for the bottom teams, San Antonio, Memphis, and I think Houston, the only teams that don't have a winning record against the East. So it's time for the Pelicans to make some hay and and do some damage over these next few weeks. We keep saying it. There's a middle part here. You gotta you gotta go get wins because that final eleven. I mean, it's basically playoff games. Every mm-hmm. single one of them. Not right. only those teams, but the importance of the final eleven. It's what we say. Take care of a little bit of your business and the playoff, the play in danger zone. I like that. Get yeah, away from that play in danger. I'm gonna zone. try to maybe make some t-shirts up or just like that? try to popularize sure. that phrase. It hasn't caught on yet, but no. I'm willing to be we'll patient. We'll get you some uh some aviators, right? Mm-hmm. Playoff danger zone, kind of go off of the top <laughs> gun thing. Yeah. Exactly Ooh, right. Yeah, I like exactly. That. You know, maybe like your that. hand on the edge of the glasses kind of pointing <laughs> down, kind of like Tom Cruise. Because I, I gotta be honest with you, a lot of people could confuse you with, with Tom Cruise. <laughs> You know, really wow, good. you'd have to have some horrible eyesight <laughs> for that to be the case, but I appreciate it. And yes. a lot of alcohol. That's Jim Eichenhofer. <laughs> Jim underscore Eichenhofer is the way to give a follow over on X and, of course, Pelicans.com. As always, I appreciate the time that you give us and put a listen to here on the Pelicans podcast. We'll see you again on Monday after two more games, one tonight, one on Sunday against the Chicago Bulls. We'll see you then right back here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and GCAT underscore 17. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.